In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is my third opportunity to share um, this message uh, today, and I'm, I'm realizing that each time I have told this story, it's been to a different age demographic, so um, I'm interested to see how it, how it lands here. But way back in uh, late 2003, um, early 2004, uh, there was a lot of buzz in the Christian community. I, I'm curious, I wasn't Episcopalian yet in 2003, so I'm curious if it was as much of a buzz here as it was in the evangelical church where I was raised, but the movie, The Passion of the Christ, uh, was coming to a theater near you. And there was a lot of buzz about it. And I had just went off to uh, Southeastern University where I was going to study uh, religion and to prepare myself uh, to be a pastor. And at this time, I, I, I just wanted to say yes to anything that even remotely resembled ministry. I just, uh, I, was, I was hungry to do the work of God. And uh, I remember getting a letter or an email uh, in my student inbox that there was an opportunity for students uh, to get to go to this mega church in Orlando called Calvary. And the attendance there was something like 5,000 people on Sunday, and they still didn't even fill up this building. <laughs> so this was a huge huge church, and they were asking for students to come and to be ushers for an advanced screening of the Passion of the Christ. Now, not only was this an advanced screening, but this was also an extended cut. So, I don't know if you remember the movie or if you saw it. It was already long. It was over two hours, but this version of the movie would be close to three hours long, and I remember there was no place to sit, so I had to stand all three hours. Now, this movie depicts uh, the last 12 hours of Christ's life, and it is fairly uh, uh, fairly true to what we read uh, in the scriptures. Uh, But what's interesting about the focus of this movie is it the almost the entire focus of the Passion of the Christ, as we saw it on the big screen, is in the brutality and violence and suffering that Jesus experienced during this point of his ministry and his earthly life. And what's interesting, as this movie, three hours of this brutality was played, the whole church grew very, very silent. And I remember when the lights finally came up, there was total silence in the building. Every seat was taken, so thousands of people, and literally the only sound you could hear was people picking up their things to leave and crying. It had a great impact in the moment. But what's interesting is, I walked away from that experience, and I really couldn't remember much of the movie at all. It was like the brutality and the violence and the suffering washed over me, but I had just seen too many movies where this movie magic and this fake blood was shown and it didn't have any lasting impact on my life or faith save for one two-minute section of this movie. I posted it on my Facebook this week. I hope you will go and you will watch it. And as I looked for it online, every time I would find it on YouTube, it would be labeled best scene, which verifies for me that other people who saw this movie were truly impacted by this short moment. But Jesus is uh, 
a young man and he is building a table and his mother Mary comes out and they're having this conversation and Jesus is working for a rich man who's asked him to build a tall table and they're used to small tables and they're laughing about the size of this table. And Jesus and Mary are having this sweet conversation and it's this rare glimpse into just the regular, normal life of Jesus. And then Jesus' mother, Mary, says, okay, it's time to go inside and to eat lunch. And Jesus says, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry. And they begin to move inside. And like a good mother, Mary says, not before you wash your hands. And Jesus walks over to her and she takes this pitcher and she begins to pour water over his hands. You, you may have seen this happen at an, at an altar before. She's pouring uh, his, his water over his hands and Jesus gets a sly smile on his face and as she is washing his hands, he throws his hands up and splashes Mary in the face and both of them begin to laugh. And it is maybe strange for the audience because they're not used to seeing the Messiah behave this way. And yet for us, it is a good, even if imaginative, way of remembering that Christ was a human being. And this was the relationship that he likely had with his mother and with his friends and with his loved ones. And too often when we tell stories of Jesus, we are so used to creating the kind of Messiah that we expect that is stoic and serious, and strong, and able to endure lots and lots of suffering, that instead of a, a Messiah, we create another superhero, another Captain America, another Iron Man. But this is not what we need. And this is not the kind of Messiah that was sent into the world. No, it was a human Messiah. Today, we read another story that gives us a glimpse into the humanity of Jesus. And as we sat around our staff table this week, I'm surrounded by br brilliant theologians. Jennifer asked, I don't know if we've ever seen Jesus laugh in the scriptures. And there isn't a particular uh, explicit mention of this in the scriptures, although Jesus is sly and he does use sarcasm and humor. Sometimes it goes over our heads as modern audiences because we don't necessarily have the context of the moment, but Jesus actually is very funny. But we don't, we don't have any scripture that tells us that he laughed. But what we do have is this moment this morning this gospel passage died. And in that moment, Jesus fills a pivot because he knows that his life is changing now. And maybe you have been there too. You've received news from a friend about a relative, about a loved one who is facing serious illness or who has died. And you know that your life will never be the same after this news that you have heard. And this is Jesus in this moment. And he turns and he begins to walk to the place where Lazarus is buried. And we get the shortest verse in all of the Bible, and yet perhaps the most powerful. Some translations, it is only two words. Jesus wept. In the NRSV that we generally use and read in the Episcopal Church, it says, Jesus began to weep. I have a doorway in, a way to relate to this Jesus 
who we oftentimes paint pictures of and show movies and tell stories where he seems superhuman and like a superhero. But in all reality, he is flesh and blood, like you and I. And it is appropriate that we tell this story this morning because we observe all saints. And today we gather and we hang streamers and we say prayers and we read names and we remember the lives of those who went before us, who created this space and made us into the people. A thousand loving decisions that brought you into existence. We remember those people. And we also have baptisms and we welcome and extend hospitality to others who will join us and carry us into the future. We're in the season of generosity in a place where we are able to give out of our abundance, where we are also able in our vulnerability to ask when we are in need. My friends, this is what the church is about and it is what we need to be reminded of constantly. Jesus Christ was human and so are you and I. And perhaps our highest calling, our highest calling is to allow ourselves to become the human creations that God intended us to be. Not to pretend like we are stoic or serious or more powerful than we actually are, but to understand and recognize our frailty and our finitude and to have Jesus meet us in that. One of our other brilliant theologians sitting around the table, Judith, also brought up that after Jesus performs the miraculous and raises Lazarus from the dead, he then invites the people around him to unbind Lazarus and let him go. And in this moment, we see the extension of the miraculous to the church. Yes, God is at work, but it will also take us, our hands, our feet, our time, our money, our gifts, all of these things together to unbind the world that God is resurrecting. This is the calling of who we are, to join Jesus in this great work, to be humans like Jesus was and continues to be human. And so as a church, let us answer that call and let us be like Jesus. Let us remember and let us celebrate let us baptize and let us extend hospitality and welcome and let us gather together and let us give our gifts and let us ask when we are in need. And sometimes let us splash water in each other's faces and laugh and joke and cry because this is who we are called to be. Amen. All right, at this time, I'm going to invite our baptism candidates, Ian and